Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome back to another episode of View from the Ninian. It is June and we are now talking about a season preview After the coronavirus ruined football for everyone The season is now coming back a week Saturday with the last nine games of the championship season. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by um, my co-host uh, from the last few weeks, the man who puts the calm in Carmarthen, it's Tom Phillips. And we're also rejoined by the man who's been on furlough, but now he's back on the podcast, it's Ben Price. Good evening, gentlemen. How's it going, dude? Yeah, good. How are you? Not too bad. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's glad to have you back. Good to have you back. Glad to have you back. I think we can leave Tom Phillips for now because he's been on for the last couple of weeks. So no one needs to know what um, what he's been up to. But Ben, what have you been up to on, on furlough, as I understand it? Yep. Uh, work's put me on furlough. You guys put me on furlough. So I've had a lot of spare time on my hands. Um, my dog's not that into talking football for some reason as well. So That's a shame. Yeah. yeah. A lot of decorating and a lot of playing Red Dead Redemption. I did. I see you completed Red Dead Red Dead Redemption today. I can't say it. It's one of those. I finished, I finished it a few, uh, about a week and a half ago. Okay. And decided to replay it again because there was bits I missed from looking. Yeah, it's right, I've, I've heard it's one of those games that has a more it has the story mode and then everything around it, a bit like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it's full on. But I've, I've never spare time, as I said. So. Yeah, exactly. So well done for completing it. At least you've completed something during this furlough <laughs> period. Tom You're Phillips. More impressed than my missus was. Oh really? Yeah. I mean. Is that because you've been playing Red Dead Redemption again? Can't say it. Instead of doing, <laughs> instead of doing other stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I can see why she'd be less impressed, mate. Why is this not done? I don't know. But have you seen how high the level I've got of bonding with my horse? Exactly. It's important stuff. A man needs to bond with its horse. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom Phillips, how are you? What how do, do you I follow that? Well, exactly. <laughs> not a lot, really. I, I, you know, I get quite excited about the football season. I didn't think I'd miss it, but now that they've said the fixtures are coming out, I realise I do need football in my life, and reruns aren't quite good enough. 
So did you, I, I watched some of the the what was it Wales Slovakia at the weekend. Um, I mean, it, it fills it fills a football shaped hole, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm in the crowd five times, so I was just trying to put, like spot me, <laughs> which is quite self indulgent, but I enjoyed it. We all do that so, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I've zoomed in. I think when we played Brighton last season and we beat them at the um, the Amex, there's a fo- there's one little clip on the video where we're celebrating, and I've zoomed in and found it. And um, yeah, it's 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 very <laughs> self indulgent. Um, so Ben Price has been playing Red Dead Redemption. Said it properly this time. Uh, Tom, you've been eBaying, golfing. What else have you found to replace football this week? Um, I started going back through my Google Photos just because <laughs> I've. <laughs> I'd, I'd never done it before, and then um, so I started putting all my um, old football game things into albums, like all the different trips and stuff. I thought oh, it'd be quite nice to see all the football grounds, and I slowly realised that the further away the football ground, the less photos I had because I was probably too drunk to operate the camera. <laughs> so there's just a lot of like Cardiff City home games. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Uh, ben, have you done anything of that? Have you ever traced back your away trips, home trips? Have you done anything like that? Not really. I started the season. I, I tried getting to habit of like Instagram story in every game mm-hmm. I've been to. I got about five games in, forgot to do it, and just gave up. <laughs> it's, it's it's quite amazing how how easily these habits break. Because I did a similar thing, but with ground hopper, and I was trying to pinpoint all the grounds I've been to. Again, three or four games in, and most of them were at the same ground, and I was just like, "Well, this is pointless." It's just easy. It's easy to forget to do it after you've had a couple of pints. Well, exactly. So obviously we're back. Football's back. So on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you about the return of the championship, Ben Price? Uh, I think a solid nine. Um, a solid there's nine. A, there's always that trepidation with Cardiff that it's going to be exciting, then it's going to ruin it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm pretty ready for football to get back. Watching the German football has whetted my appetite. Following Schalke has sort of. <laughs> got me prepared for the crushing disappointment and just swearing at me. So um, yeah. I'm in a good place. I'm ready to go. And Phillips? Seven, I'd say, because Seven. it's starting to hit home that I can't go to the games. Um, like I watched the German football as well, actually. And then when they put the crowd noise on, that was all right, actually. I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. So that made yeah. me looking forward to watching it on the, on the box a little bit more. But I'm getting a little bit kind of depressed about the fact I can't go to some of these games but you know it's better than nothing at all isn't it what do you what do you guys make before we get into the uh, I think the the season ticket news that was released today um what do you make of the the friendly that's taking place on Saturday against Swansea behind closed doors do you think it's a good thing or do you think it's a bit of a recipe for disaster um I don't think it's a bad thing it just depends how into it people get Mm. I think a few years ago with a few more homegrown lads from both sides I think it could be a bloodbath but <laughs> now I don't think it's such a bad thing it's a good they're a decent side to get up to speed with and sort of know where you are so um it's got to be done and it makes sense to do it locally yeah Phillips yeah. we've got a few mentalists in the team still haven't we that could go a little bit rogue I can imagine like Moza trying to chin someone or Patterson getting a bit over carried away in this game but I think like we, we we haven't broken them down in the two fixtures we've had this year so it'll be a good test for us to see how we fare after all this. Um, I think I'll get too worked up by it, though. I'd rather not know the score. I was thinking about this. Like, I, I'll get so much abuse of people at home, even <laughs> if you lose this friendly. It's not worth it. <laughs> does this, I, I suppose this, the, the question is, if they win, does that mean they've done the double over us? Yeah. No, friendly doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Friendly doesn't count, Phyllis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if we win. In, inconclusive. 
if we but win, if we yeah. win, then I am abusing <laughs> any Jack I know. So yeah, yeah, it's just kind of fun, isn't it? Orders. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so obviously, the, the the return of the, the return of football means we're going back to behind closed doors for the remaining nine fixtures, and that obviously left the question of season tickets to sort out. Now, today, the club actually released their their kind of process. Um, the, the main options being you can donate your or the remaining of your season ticket money to the club, you can get a refund or you can use it as credit towards next season. And I know, Ben Price, you have some feelings about this news. Yeah, I just think it's a bit half-assed of a concept from the club. I think they've missed a golden opportunity to sort of engage the fan base, get the fans excited and sort of even get a spend a bit of money with the club. Um, I've sort of looked at a few clubs that have done have announced their plans and as much as I hate to say it, is the Jacks have got a really good sort of backing behind this. They worked with the Supporters Trust to come up with a couple of three mm-hmm. co- uh, three ideas that the fans can agree with and sort of get on board with. And it's it's not huge things. It's sort of an extra 20% off sales stuff. So like they get a 70% discount at the club shop. Again, bringing money into the club, which I think is a very good idea. Um, but there's, it's little details like adding a signed thank you card from all the first team players mm-hmm. that... It's going to cost 100 quid and a bit of time to get all those cards signed and sent out to the players, but they're sent out to all the fans. But it's just a little thing that goes a long way. And you sort of read our sort of idea. Oh, we'll give some money to the academy. Um, you can watch all the games on iFollow. And that's it. It's, or you can get a discount on next year's season ticket. We don't know if there's going to be a season ticket for next year. Yeah. We don't know when we're getting back in the stadiums for one of the issues. But it just seems like it's the bare, bare minimum. There's no real thought of, right, what can we do to really get supporters on side? I've seen people say, instead of the academy, look at a tribute to sort of building a statue for Peter Whittingham. Yeah. There's all sorts of really good ideas that if they engaged the fan base, would have made such a huge difference to the reception they got on, twi- on Twitter and social media throughout of just, just making a bit more of an effort than doing the bare minimum. It's something the club's been guilty of for a few years. Um, and it's really starting to frustrate me just seeing the lack of engagement they have when you see what other clubs are trying to do at the moment. And right now is when they need to engage the fans. Do you think that if if they had engaged the fans and then had come to a similar decision, there would be less of a kind of out, outrage about it? At least made the effort to try and speak to the fans and get their ideas, but then gone with the academy route anyway. Do you think fans would be a bit happier about it? Yeah, I think so. Because you'd say, right, at least they've thought about this. They've put it out a week later than most clubs. And it just seems scrawled on the back of a fag packet and just <laughs> thrown out. And it's just, yeah, it just engage with the fans, talk to us. We want to help the club. We don't want to be angry with the club. We don't want to be frustrated. And it's just the usual from them. It's just the bare, bare minimum. If they spoke to some fans, you've got Vince Arn there, who's on Facebook updating fans or on Twitter all the time, chatting with fans. Let him put together over Zoom a call yeah. just with a select group of fans it takes an hour, get some ideas of what they fancy, and the club put a final proposal together. That's all it took. That's all it would take. And they've just not done it. No, it, it does seem a bit kind of um, half-assed in that sense. And I guess the, <clears throat> the question is, <clears throat> what option are you taking, Ben? Kind of, are you going credit, academy, or are you still undecided? Um, I'm not sure at the moment. Well, firstly, I suppose, do you believe that it'll actually help the academy? I think it's, it, that's one of the questions really around the club, right? The academy and how we treat the academy at the football club hasn't been well received over the last few years, has it? We don't see many players coming out of it. The, the, I see Tom shaking his head. The kind of status of the academy is, isn't what it once was. And do you think 
if we were better at producing players from the academy, people would be more receptive to it. I just don't see what throwing money at the academy is going to do. Um, the club have reshaping the academy and they're clearly looking to it now because they see it's a massive revenue source. They need to sort of utilise. Mm-hmm. We're wasting money doing it. But I don't see it. I think someone on Twitter did the maths and worked out they'd be close to about a million quid going to the academy if everyone took that option. It's a lot of money. It's a fair whack for an academy, but you sort of... What facility... What are they going to do? There's no set plan of this is what we're going to do with the academy. It just feels, again, very, oh, we'll just chuck the academy... The, we'll just say we're chucking the academy the money. Mm-hmm. If they put outlaid a plan of, right, this money going, going to the academy, certain amount of points, well, this is what we plan to do. I think fans would be, oh, sweet, yeah, let's get on board with that. Yeah. But again, it's just it just shows the sort of half baked thought of just how this has all come together. Uh, um, I'm leaning more towards ahead. getting the refund on the uh, not refund, sorry, the credit for the season ticket. Yeah, I mean, how much do you know how much the credit would be? I know it's pro rata, so it's what five home games. I'm in the Ninian, so it, I think I worked out it's about thirteen pound twenty a game, so it's about sixty quid. It's not, which yeah, is it's about, not a season ticket. It's a decent. Yeah. Decent pack. It'll save me. Probably, it'll probably push it under. 200 quid if they're smart with the pricing point next year and maybe that's a point we'll come back to but tom the question i was going to ask you is do you, does this does this remind you of the the kind of ridsdale um season tickets being sold in november december whenever it was to for transfers that then became the tax bill does that does this ring a bell to that this kind of do you, almost like sleight of hand it does a little bit just because you touched upon it earlier. It's a, it's a week later than a lot of clubs as well so i was kind of hold, holding out for the fact that we'd have something organized like some plan like if like you said if it's going to the academy where like what part of it and it's just the unknown and it, it's a little bit of a guilt trip in a way as well can you imagine you, you don't want to be taking the money away from the club really do you mm-hmm. but you, it's, you've got every right to because you're not you're not getting those games and i don't know you, you feel like oh i should leave it with the club really i'll give it towards the academy you, you're going to feel guilty about taking it away and without knowing where it's going i'd be half tempted to take the refund really but also, it's, it's, it, is, it is a fair point about the, the kind of money thing, right? Because we're in a position now where we don't know what, what's going to happen next season. We don't really know as a football club where the next bit of money is going to come from, right? There's no games going on. We don't know what's going to happen with the transfer window. There's all this stuff around contracts and everything else. So I think it is a completely missed opportunity not to, to at least, like you say there, to engage with the fans and get them on side ahead of what, what's next to come. Because I think at the moment now, they've just divided a fan base ever so slightly further. Yeah, they've just sort of wound everyone up and sort of gone, oh, it's back to what it was. The club have done some good stuff, especially under Warnock of getting back into the community, doing a lot of chats and sort of in clubs, sort of doing Q&As and stuff. And that was working wonders. Yeah. Little things like this that can really sort of take away the good work they've done elsewhere. It's just, like like we say, the club's so guilty of it for a long time. It's a lack of long-term plan and a lack of thought. Yeah. That's just again, just sort of riled people up. And Tom, you made a good point about saying about how it's guilt tripping people a little bit. Um, the word in the statement is sort of puts a bit of a guilt trip on there. Um, sort of, it makes you feel bad. I'm quite lucky. I can afford to, if I choose to make a donation to the Academy, me and my partner, both season tick holders, we can afford to do that. And it's not really going to affect us too much. Whereas there's a lot of people that in the community sort of, especially you look at the sort of, uh, fans from the valleys, it's not exactly like the most wealthy area. Mm-hmm. 60 quid it's a week it's a fortnightly shop yeah so I sort of think if they get that back that's a huge help to them and the sort of the way the club weird it you do sort of feel like 
oh, I'm taken away from the fans. And the fact they're then saying, right, we're, we revoke all your season ticket privileges. That's well, a, I, I saw that was a weird line. Sort of I thought just, that was yeah. quite a weird line. A bit harsh, to be honest. I think it's just, again, a needless, uh, like, un, it's provoking for no reason. I do, I do. I think there's, there's, a, there's also that question mark over next season, right? I think we're in such a weird situation, right, where the, 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 the idea of mass gatherings might be banned until 2021. So that means that for the, you know, if the football season ends at the end of July and then starts again in September or whenever it's meant to start again, we're going to have get a few months without games. And I think there's no, there's no trade-off there for fans, is there? There's no benefit to not having games for fans if you're planning next season for your season ticket. So even if you take the credit, when are you going to use it? You're just going to yeah. sit there in the clubs on, on your account until you can buy a season ticket again or a ticket to a game again. Yeah, it might not be if if it's a half season ticket, the club might look at that and go, "Oh, we're only actually going to get sixty quid per fan." Yeah, exactly. And, the and then they might <clears throat> they might even then say, "Well, you only get half of it because it's half season tickets. We're going to prorate your credit even further." Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just a mad situation. I, I do I do have some sympathy for the club. What I will say is I do have some sympathy for the club in a sense that they're they're kind of scrambling in the dark because it's a new situation and there's a lot going on. But Ben, I agree with you completely. I think there's just a, such a lack of thought that has gone into it that it, it it could have just been a really good opportunity for them to engage with the fans a bit further. Yeah, just the little things go such a long way. Just the little thought. It's just think just be a bit better with it it's all we ask when asking for like amazing ideas we just want a little bit of thought yeah, yeah. And like you see the damage just done with clubs like Sunderland and Newcastle like you you're going to get bad press out of this if you don't play the right way so just ask the fans isn't it it's just it's a yeah. simple way out really if you ask people and they give you an answer you can't really argue with it then no yeah that's true right I think we've got the season coming back a week Saturday We've played 37 games so far. It was a bit of a stop-start season anyway. And now we've had the corona break of three months, a mini preseason. Maybe we should have a, a little refresher of what's gone on before. We had Warnock, he left. Harris came in, wasn't exactly groundbreaking, but then kind of started to pick up a little bit of steam. As the, the season was postponed and, and stopped, we were in ninth place, just a couple of points off the playoffs. Um, I think we might have all differing views on on the impact of Neil Harris. I know that I was a bit down on Neil Harris. Tom, you're quite pro Harris and Ben. What 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 were your views on Harris before the season was postponed? Uh, I've been very much, which is handy for this. I've been very much sort of indifferent. So <laughs> there we go. It's just this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's almost like we planned it. So I, th- I guess I you know we can we can go through everything that's gone on before. But I think what what I. I my views on Harris, I mean, I went to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm less of a season ticket holder and went to a lot of the away games and all that kind of stuff. The last game I think we went to was Luton away and I thought we were, we were quite good at Luton away. We, we controlled the game, but, you know, only managed to win 1-0 with a, another goal from Lee Tomlin. I think the football up until that point was very up and down. Some of the games I went to over Christmas were incredibly boring, but um, maybe this break will have suited him. It's a difficult one. It's how much time. I think if we had this break and he had time and it was a proper preseason where he's with the players day in, day out, managed to get his thoughts mm-hmm. across, it'd be a lot more beneficial than actually what has happened. Realistically, we're the equivalent of an international break. It's not an actual preseason. So you've got to look at it that way of while he's had time to sort of put stuff together, and I'm sure they've been working on stuff. It's not the same as actually being at the Vale day in, day out, the whole, yeah. the whole group together building that up. So um, I think some people are getting a bit excited, thinking he's gonna—it's going to be a massive change straight away. And I think, 
you've got to be prepared. It's still a long way to go. This is very much a work in progress. I think the thing that's been bad about it is evolution, not re- revolution. So, um, yeah. I think I'm that fan who gets overexcited. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to the me. fan. Yeah, that's me. Um, I think it's still the longest period of time he's, he's had since coming into the club to get, get across what he wants to get across to the players as well. And it, it, it's going to be disruptive for every club. And I think that kind of levels it out a bit. When he came in, he had no time whatsoever to try and get it right. And we still, we've only lost four games in the league and out of 21 under him. We're not winning enough games. Like I say, in pro-Harris, there's definitely still negatives. We're not winning enough games at home. Like, we're, we're, we're drawing far too many. But, but there's flashes there, do you know what I mean? Like, if, if I, I went and looked and see where, the ta- where we'd be in the table if we just took it from when he took over. And we'd, be, um, we'd only be out of the playoff spaces on goal difference. We'd only be five off the automatics. And for a nice side note, uh, Swansea would be 20th as well. But, um, <laughs> but like we've had, some, we've had some awful, like we got thumped by QPR. But then yeah. we went seven and beat them after it, where he changed it again. He changed it, got it completely wrong at QPR. But then, you know, we're hard to beat still. And I think that's going to be key going into these last nine games. Is that if we if we don't get beat that often, then we're in with a real shout again that sixth place. Do you think the break has been beneficial in the sense that obviously we've got a couple of big big players coming back from injury? I think everyone knows that Lee Tomlin has been vital to us this season. That little bit of magic when, when we've needed it, he's done it time and time again. But also people like Nathaniel Lendez-Mang, who are coming back from um, injury, who, you know, I mean, Mendes-Lang tends to play better in towards the end and the start of the season, as he proved last year. But I think coming in back to the season with coming into the back end of the season with nine games to go, he could be a big a big return, couldn't he, Ben? Oh, hundred percent. I think that sort of side of it is huge. I think we're about to discover that Mendes should be playing summer football because it's when he yeah. comes to life, August and May. So um, expect him to be a nominate nominee for the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just even stuff like Tomlin. We were really worried how the rest of the season was going to play out without Tomlin. And now it looks like he probably is going to, he, he might make the bench, I think, the sounds of things for Leeds. Yeah. But after that, getting him back, and even then we've got that much needed um, sort of pressure on players that are sort of underperformed throughout the season with Bennett. Um, I think Cunningham is in the training with the first team now. So whether he's there or not, whether he's going to be ready for the first few games, there's going to be someone there just giving a bit more of a push. There's all of a sudden, Brad Smith's loan's being extended. Yeah, I think Brad Smith, as far as I was going to say, all of a sudden we've got three left-backs, That's if you include Brad Smith. But I think Brad Smith's contract is up with Bournemouth at the end of this year. So we could, in theory, sign him on a short-term deal just to keep him ticking over till the end of the year. Um, but Tom, I guess Tomlin coming back, if, if, if he's fit, does he go straight back into the team? Or would you rather us take a bit of a, a kind of softly approach with him to kind of nurture him through the back nine? Do we, we get five subs now? Is that... In the championship yeah. as well. Yeah, five subs, and I think so, it's a, a match day squad of twenty instead of eighteen, right? I so yeah. I'd I'd start him because and start Leeds him. are first, yeah. Because well, he put the Willies up Leeds last time, didn't he? Like with his little flicks and everything like that. And he's mm-hmm. it, one of those players you see him on the team sheet. He put a bit of fear into you. Don't know what he's going to do. He could have some awful games where he completely disappears, but he's got that kind of wow factor. And I mm-hmm. think um, that's what you need coming back off this, like. Is someone like him on the pitch? If it doesn't go right, you've got the five subs to so take him off. Same with like Mendes Lang as well. He might tire himself out after 45. We'll give him yeah. 45, let him run, it, run himself into the ground. 
because you, they can cause so much damage. And I think that's what you need to do. Like we're play, we could be out of this um, promotion race after two games with, with Leeds and Preston coming up. So I think like, you've got to get the best men on the field from the, from the outset and gamble a little bit. Do you agree, Ben? I do, actually, yeah. Um, as long wow. as they're fit and you're not running a risk of putting those players under more strain and sort of risking losing them for the season, if they're ready to make the bench, then why not start? I agree, why not start them, give them 45 minutes and you have to make the change, make the change at half-time. Do you, do you think having those five subs kind of almost changes the way you approach substitutions, right? I think when you, when you, when you play a 90-minute game and you've got three subs, you usually don't see a sub before 60 minutes unless something's going kind of drastically wrong. Do you think now you have five subs, you can almost do, here's your team for 45 minutes, you make two changes at half-time to kind of freshen things up, and then you make it further three changes if you need to. Does that, does that factor into your thinking when it comes to these teams, Ben? I'd hope so. I hope every man's looking at it going, it changes the game, really, doesn't it? It changes... Yeah how you, it changes your entire game plan. It gives you the chance now where if you've got a player that's having a shocker in the first 30 minutes or you've put the wrong... Or you look at something like QPR and you've looked at... We knew from... It was easy to see from the first 10 minutes that system was wrong. Yeah. Those extra two subs give you a chance to make that change and change your system on the pitch. So um, it should... It, it could actually prove to be a blessing in disguise for sort of more tactically acute, like aware managers. That's hopefully that's Neil Harris. Um, and top, I guess the the other th- the other thing to factor in is the neutral grounds aspect. The fact that there's no fans in the ground, it's going to be quiet. I think you've put in the agenda here that Leeds can't bring their twenty thousand fans for the home game. But do you think <laughs> what 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 impact do you think the empty grounds will have on the players? I mean, we, I I think a lot of players would say they're professional and they don't really care, you know don't really notice the crowd and all that kind of stuff. But it must have an impact, right? Depends on the player, doesn't it? Like. Those characters like Patterson who get riled up, they, they feed <laughs> off a crowd. But yeah. Then there'd be people, like, I think like Tomlin really, who just likes his little flicks and tricks and is quite comfortable on the ball. I don't think he'll make, he, he plays as if it's a training ground kind of anyway, yeah. routine anyway. So yeah, it's one of those classics to sit in the fence. You don't know, do you, until, until that <laughs> happens. But you see some teams in Germany have really been caught out by this. And I'm not sure if it's to do with the lack of atmosphere and things, but it seems like the home advantage has disappeared. Yeah, hasn't it? The stats have proven there is no home yeah. advantage anymore. It's mad. Yeah, and we'd be bad at home under Harris. So, Actually, perhaps that's another one in the pro column. So, <laughs> Yeah, another one in the pro column indeed. Um, and Ben, I guess there's, there's a chance now in these last nine games for, for players to kind of make a bit of a name for themselves. I think one of the, one of the disappointments perhaps from this season has been Robert Glatzel. Um, I think he has flattered to deceive somewhat, even though he's had his moments uh, that where he should, you know, goals against Leeds, for example, where he's shown that he is in a depth finisher. There was some question marks over where he had been during this kind of lockdown break. He'd been back in Germany, that he was training somewhere else in a different shirt. Do you, do you think he's going to have an impact on these last nine games? What, what, do you think he'll start many games? What, what do you see for him? Hopefully he gets a good run of games and gets a chance to prove himself. We've sort of worked how to play to his strengths. Mm-hmm. I think there's no doubt in if you play to his strengths, he's by far the best striker at the club. Um, it's just a case of, are we working on that system and is he part of the long-term plans? Or is it a case the club are going, right, we're cutting our losses, we'll sell him back in easy. He's been in Germany for a reason. That reason is he's found a new club and once transfer windows open, there's a deal in place. Yeah. Um, I hope that's not the case because I actually really enjoy him when he's playing well. I think he's a real solid striker that could do well for us and become sort of a cult hero. He's got everything to Hall had. 
in ability, but I think he's got the desire to work that long term will come good yeah. for us. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, agree, I agree. I really like him, and I think he's under Warnock. He he was just isolated a lot, and I think under Harris, he's he's done a bit better, and he's kind of been can kind of treat it in the right way in terms of kind of like slowly slowly reintroduced to the team and I hope that he he does come good in these last nine games. So to the to the fixture list then. So the fixture list picks up where we left off. Leeds, Preston, Charlton, Bristol, Blackburn, Fulham, Derby, Borough, Hull. It's a real mixed bag of games. Um I don't know if Tom you're you're you've written some of these notes here. So I don't know if you want to kind of talk us through your thinking about how you see these games playing out. I think I was being like just optimistic again. <laughs> trying to look for the positives and everything like I think Leeds had won was it five games in a row coming into this break so mm-hmm. it's a good time to play them in terms of there's been a break that momentum's gone so I'm like well you could look at it that they could be six winning in a row as well but like I'm going to go the positive aspect of yeah I think we could catch them out um, Preston then the other way we're out of form coming into it and perhaps their morale's a bit low perhaps we can catch them so I didn't, they, but like I said earlier on, the first two games are just pivotal. Like they're easily losable games, and if we lose them, we could be out of it. We win them, then we're flying then, and because there's a lot, a lot of teams around us are playing each other over the next couple of weeks as well. So there's points going to be disappearing from some of those clubs straight away, and that's what we we need to capitalise because we're, we're already like we're we're one of the kind of underdogs going into this which I like being. Um, but yeah, like we've, we've then got Charlton after those first two games. We, we've got like the, the, in a bit of turmoil at the moment with players saying they're not going to play. Mm-hmm. It's at our place as well. You've got to fancy it. And then we've got Bristol away. And that's where my optimism kind of slowly drains away. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I just can't see us beating them. Uh, ben, you were nodding along when, you, when, when Tom was talking about those first two games. Do you agree it's kind of shit or bust in those first two games? Oh, massively. I think you're playing two teams that are oh, Leeds probably aren't in and around us. They're pushing for automatics if they fall out of the playoffs now, so it's gone horrifically wrong. Fingers crossed. Leeds could knows. do it, though. Leeds yeah. could do it. They're that Leeds kind of team. Um, but you sort of look at it and you sort of think, we never lose to Leeds at home, so there's three points, but mm-hmm. we never win at Preston, so... <laughs> yeah. Could be a repeat of the 6-0. Oh, God, yeah. It's, oh, it's, this <laughs> up by one goal again. But I think I think if you if you look at that last nine games, right, there's there's there aren't many games in there that you think we're definitely going to lose, right? There are nine games; they're all eminently winnable. Perhaps maybe Fulham away could be the one where you look at and you go, maybe that's the one we won't win. But there's there's eight games there where you think we can get points. Yeah, I th- the thing is, if we get through those first two games, then I'm confident because we end with. The last three games are Derby home, Borough away, Hull at home. And Borough and Hull could be in a relegation battle, but they could be playing for absolutely nothing at that point yeah. as well. And it's a relegation battle. They're down there for a reason. They haven't been playing yeah. well this year. So if we're in with a shout with three, two or three games to go, we're really rolling. Like we've, we've got a shout over here. But that's why these first two get... I think this is another reason why I'm 7 out of 10 for excitement. Because another two of that is nerves. Where... Mm-hmm. We, What's the other one? Oh, that, that's the bit about not going to the game. <laughs> All right, I see. Yeah, don't catch me out. I mean, yeah, Perfect yeah. formula. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. But that's the thing, I think. Oh, I don't know. We've looked forward to this for so long, and it could be a complete anticlimax within a week. Two televised <laughs> games, and it could be done. 
And but you were, you were a nine out of ten, Ben. Do you think that could easily drop to a three out of ten if we lose those t- first two games? It could, it could drop to like two out of ten after the first ten minutes. It's, yeah, this, it is Cardiff City after all. It's, it's City and it's football. It's just one of those where I'm buzzing. Can't wait for it. And then it's amazing how <laughs> quickly. Like I remember the start of the season, the optimism, the excitement I had. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to Wigan. <laughs> yeah. And within 10 minutes, your goalkeeper's going off because he's somehow blown his hamstring up. And Bobby yeah. Reed looking interested when you had all your hopes and like dreams pinned on him for the year. So, um, yeah, it's been a funny old season for Cardiff fans, hasn't it? And I think how long ago does that feel as well? <laughs> it feels. I. I mean, this. I was thinking about this this year. I mean, we went to Luton away in February, and that feels like another lifetime. It was, you know, Luton away. We had a lovely day out at Kenilworth Road, um, and the Weatherspoons in Luton. Um, but honestly, it feels like two years ago, three years ago, maybe even four years ago. It just doesn't feel like it happened within recent memory. It's so bizarre. It's surreal. It's just it's a really surreal time to be a football fan. But um, like the fixtures are there. I think we're playing a lot of teams that are in and around us, not just sort of in the playoffs, but sort of teams that are sort of pushing for the top six on the outside as well. I think like Blackburn's still within a shout, Bristol. Yeah. Well, if, you, if, you, if, if you look at the table down to Derby, obviously we've got Derby, Blackburn, Bristol and Preston. And then we've also got Fulham, who are, you know, they're, they're, they're a fair way into the playoffs, but they're, they're in never third know. place. You well. never know with Fulham, do you? You never that's know with Fulham, but that's that's five fixtures there of teams who are all within sort of ten places of us, and then the others, you know, Borough, Hull, um, and Charlton, they're, they're they're very much fighting for relegation. It's it's an interesting fixture list, and I think we're we're currently ninth. I guess we could we could we could set the stall out now in this second season preview. Where do you think we'll finish, Ben? Fifth. Fifth. Tom Phillips. Seventh. Oh, I'll go sixth. And then we've got a nice little spread covered. <laughs> I went for optimism at the beginning, and I'm stressed. And then you've, you've talked yourself out of it. <laughs> Are you okay? In. Yeah, this preview's no, broken you. I need to go and cool down a bit, I think. Yeah, so I'm we, stressed we, now. There's been, a, there's been a few previews written, and I think, obviously, Fulham, Brentford, Fulham, Brentford and Forest are kind of talked about as very much secure in their playoff spots, even though there's only sort of seven points between us and Brentford and Forest themselves. But people don't seem to mention Cardiff as a contender at this stage. And, and Tom, you seem to revel in that. You think that's a good thing? Yeah, I love it. I love it when we're not mentioned. Like, it's just, there was an article on BBC where they'd said games to look forward to for the remainder of the season. Um, we weren't mentioning any of the games that they, they put on there at all. But not only that, in the little side, like, notes and stuff, they even put, like, on even as far down as Swansea or in with the show. And they mentioned clubs here and there. And I, I thought, right, I'm going to search this article. Cardiff weren't in there once. And I was like, there's a Control F. Yeah, because I'm like a whiz now. <laughs> um, no, didn't mention this once. And I'm like, cheeky, like, you cheeky bees. Like, just how, you've got to give us a shout out somewhere. We're still, we're two points off the playoffs. That's when we tend to do our best though, isn't it? It's yeah. Especially under Neil Warnock, sort of no one put us down for automatic promotion. Even to the mm-hmm. last day, no one really thought, oh, they're actually going to go up. And I also think one thing we're not taking into account is would this be the most Cardiff City thing ever after all the playoff heartache we've had to get to the playoff final and go up via the playoffs with no fans allowed in Wembley? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it would be very... And to be honest, after the last few Wembley trips, I'd be quite glad about not having to go to Wembley. Yes, yeah, I hate it. I hate it with my whole heart. Um, <laughs> so I guess... Do you think then, like you say, it plays into our hands, right? And do you think other clubs will look at us as kind of out of the picture a little bit? You know, we've got, let's say, if we look at the fixtures, we've got Preston. Will Preston be worried about playing us? Will they be looking over their shoulders? Or do you think that they're confident that they've got that playoff spot sewn up, Tom? 
I don't think people are thinking about it because there's there's a there's a melee of teams around us as well who would be having probably the same conversations we're having about being underdogs, and I think most people are kind of looking. Most people are mentioning Preston, I think, because they're the ones they're trying to catch. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people are look. I don't think they're mentioning us because we've been underwhelming at times this year. Like we're not playing that good football. We're, we're grinding out games, but we're not catching the eye. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think people are going to come into our games worried. But like like I said, I'm, I I like that because people aren't going to sit back against us. And I think that's what we struggle to break teams down. So people might come at us a bit, and that, that's what we might catch them. So yeah, and I suppose that's when the, the the return of Tomlin comes into play, right? Because he can do anything on the counter attack and just catch you out, and then a bit of magic, and we're we're winning the game. So the roller so, coaster. I'm excited now. I was there you go. You back up. Like, back up. Now, <laughs> well, when are we going to finish third? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was champions' voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. So we got we got those nine games. Beyond, I think you know. Let's let's set our stall out. How you know? We've got nine games. How many of those are going to be wins, draws? What do you think? Tom, you go first, then Ben, you're next. I think I added them up earlier, and I think it was something like, well, we're not, I, I don't think we'll beat Leeds. I think we'll draw with Leeds. Um, I don't think we'll win a Preston away. I think we'll draw again. I think we'll start, I think in two like points two, from six. I think two points, yeah. Then we'll win at Charlton. You adding this up for me, by the way? No. Okay, I'll try and do it in my head. But yeah, two from the first two games, then we'll beat Charlton to five. We'll lose at Bristol. We'll beat Blackburn. Eight. Eight, thank you. Um, we lose a Fulham. And then, Eight. Yeah, and then we'll win the last three games of the season. So, uh, seven, so 17 points, that'll put us on a nice 71, which would put us uh, top at this stage. So, <laughs> <laughs> On goal difference. <laughs> on goal difference. And Ben, what do you think? I think we need six wins. Six Realistically, wins. Yeah. I think. Simpler, Tom. He did it simply. Six wins. All right, I was reading the list. I got carried away. <laughs> I, I had the advantage of sort of going through the list while Tom was sort of doing that. Yeah, long to be fair. <laughs> right, this is benefiting me here, but keep going. Stitch, stitch Tom up, stitch Tom up. <laughs> so, so you think six wins? I think six wins and you come to be there, especially because you're taking points off teams in and around us for the most part. Um, I think that should put us there. If, if, you've, if we've not gone in on six wins and sort of as long as you've not got hammered in the other games, t- other teams have had to go on a hellish good runs to sort of Get in that top six, and yeah, I think it's I think it's a it's quite a favourable group of fixtures to be honest. When you look at it, I think the fact that we've got a few of the clubs around us who you might perceive as the weaker clubs that we could take points off. We've got the last three fixtures where there could be three teams having nothing to play for, and we'll we could still be in the in the running. It, it does play into our hands somewhat, and I, I'm vaguely confident that we might steal that sixth spot. I don't I don't think it is a favourable group of fixtures though. I think it's a I think it's a favourable end. But it's that block we've got coming up. It's a tough run. Yeah, it's, it's a, a tough, really tough, tough start back. And I think if we come through that, then yeah, it suits us down to the ground. But we, I'd look at those teams' leads, like Leeds, Preston, Charlton, Bristol, Blackburn, I think, and then Fulham. That's tough. It doesn't get much tougher, really. You, I suppose you haven't got West Brom, you haven't got Brentford. And or I think they're the or Forest, yeah, the ones, yeah, if you name them all up. But they're, <laughs> they're the two, but like West Brom and, West Brom and Brentford, the two teams I wouldn't, I want to add into that list now, but apart from that, I think it's tough. The thing is, you... Leeds is the tough one. Sort of, do you want to play Leeds first game back? It's sort of you yeah. sort of getting the last sort of games of the season under Bielsa before they were knackered, yeah, and that's when they drop off. They've had this rest, and I can't decide if they're going to be slow to get going or if they're going to be like a hundred miles an hour 
and just absolutely just on game. It's that's the difficulty for me. Um, Preston, right. would be what it is, but playing Leeds, that's with this situation. That's mm. it's a panicky I mean, sort if, of thing. If you look at the way Leeds started the season, they they weren't amazing. They lost. They weren't amazing. They were very up and down. They uh, I think they they won their opening day uh, of the season, then they drew. Um, they won. They won. They won. That's they not bad, lost. Is it? <laughs> no, but after that first six games, they're, they're kind of there are a couple of draws, a couple of wins, and a loss. I mean, it, it could well be that they, a similar thing happens now. They, they even lost to Charlton earlier on in the season. Yeah, but we're the opening game, so that's all that matters in that. Did they win their opening game? No, yeah. they lost to Swansea. Did they? Wow. Ooh. And there now we've got to play another Welsh team, so here we go. <laughs> the Omens. <laughs> I suppose the question is, and what it always comes back to is, you know, last time we went up was a bit of a shock. If we went up this time under Harris, would would you even want to go up? Like, no. uh, so no. and you, you're straight in with a no uh, reasons. I just don't think we're ready. I sort of we are unprepared with a better team that went up last time, and a team that knew what they were doing. At the moment, we don't know what we're doing. A hundred percent, we don't understand the manager's game plan. Mm-hmm. And then you go up to another division that we've notor- notoriously struggled in previously. Um, yeah, it's it's a that's the weird thing for me at the, with this. You look at you like, oh, we've got a chance of the playoffs, and then you think, oh crap, we've got a chance of the playoffs here, lads. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. It's very much a double-edged sword. And Tom, do you agree? I just don't want to be that team that gets promoted three times, that gets relegated straight away three times, because we're going to be quiz answers for the years to come. We're, we're going to get people throwing it back at us, and oh, you you do want to go up. Obviously, you want to go up, but it's just I'm scared of what will happen when we're there. We won't get a transfer window. We, sorry, we might not get a full transfer window. We don't know what's going to happen. As well, they, they, scary, isn't it? The, the, the news today was that they were going to open the transfer window. I don't know how this applies to all the leagues, but FIFA have agreed to open the transfer window as the games are still going on. So as the season is winding up over the next few weeks, the transfer window will officially open. But I don't really That's know. Bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Italy have open, kept theirs open. Until they, they're opening theirs 1st of August and closing it in um, October. Yeah, because surely it depends on when the season starts next year, right? Because if the season yeah. finishes in the season finishes in July, the season's not going to start in August. So then, when's the season going to start? If it starts in September, if it starts in October, the transfer window is going to have to run because everything's just going to have to move back a couple of months. I think it's I think it's penciled in start last week of August, isn't it? Yeah, because it was getting moved anyway. That I can't remember if it's put. There was something about the Qatar World Cup because obviously that's in in December, in two oh. years. Season's getting moved a little bit. It's yeah, they're starting to make that. the changes now. So um, I'm not sure, but it's it's a ton of questions that sort of no one knows the answer to. And when you've got a squad that the club's telling you we've got no money for transfers next year, you've got to play the youth team. Throw in the thought of getting promoted with that, and you're sort of thinking <laughs> panic oh, attack. I suppose uh, before we get into the play your Cardiff right, which is um, Tom Phillips's special super game to end well, the podcast. Dan Avenue, thanks. <laughs> it's on the it's on the sheet. Everyone can see it. Um, I suppose <laughs> the, what, there's there's probably a question about how has football how how has the whole of football handled this kind of break very well? Because I think when you look at what's gone on, especially in the football league, League One and League Two have been very splinters to the Championship. The Championship has been kind of following the Premier League, and everything's been out of step. And I think. Do you think, I mean, it was unprecedented, but do you think there, there could have been a better handling of the situation? Do you think clubs have been let down through all, all this, Ben? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that clubs have been let down. You sort of, 
look at teams like Peterborough who are sort of missing out on the playoffs because of a technicality. Mm-hmm. Wickham had a game in hand, but when that game in hand's against child against Coventry who are flying, mm-hmm. how do they get the points per game bonus boost that puts them up? It's um it's a lot it could have been done handled a lot, lot better. But I think what also was really telling was the clubs coming out to defend their own self interest without looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. Especially teams in like the Premier League of going why don't we miss scrap relegation this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw something in League One that Ipswich came out and said that they should open the playoffs to any team who wants to play in it. So Ipswich are obviously just outside of the playoffs and they said, right, anyway, <laughs> everyone can just, everyone can have a go. Everyone has a go in the playoffs. Let's just do it that way. <laughs> well, let's open up to like other leagues as well. Yeah, yeah get, the, get the conference in there. Get the National League up in there. Yeah, I love a gamble. I, I pay to watch that actually. A Barrow taking on Ipswich in the playoff final at Wembley. I would, I would very happily watch that. It's Tom, just, you... I think a lot of teams could have handled things a lot better, but the EFL have been a bit it's of shoddy, a shambles. isn't it? Do you, yeah. do you think? I think from from my perspective, I, I have this theory that the Championship are trying to align with the Premier League a little bit more to kind of maybe maybe set up a, a splinter Premier League with them. And, and Tom, is that something that you're, you're smiling? But do you do you see something like that in the future? Does this pave the way for a European Super League, a PL one, a PL two, and then regionalised other leagues? I think it just shows how much like the opinion of the bigger boys mattered during this, where they just cancelled the lower leagues. Like if you go re- like really low down out to like the football league as well, there's no thought. It's just like yep, yeah, stop it, fine. And yeah. then they left it and left it and left it to see how what they could get away with with the top leagues. So it just shows how much money has taken over this game now. Because it should, it should just be uniform, shouldn't it? From top to bottom, keep it simple. But it was never going to be like that because there's too much money involved and people will sue and counter sue. And it's just, I think, yeah, like you say, I'm not sure if it paved way for a PL1 and PL2, but I wouldn't be surprised after all this because it, the difference between the top and the bottom is just there for everyone to see now, isn't it? I think so. All right, and before we get on to the super secret final round that I've spoiled already, um, and maybe just a couple more predictions. The last nine games, I think, who do you see as, as Cardiff's kind of player of the year? Who do you see in these last nine games kind of coming from nowhere and, and impacting the, the last nine games of the season? Um, and, and I think that's it, really. I haven't got any more. I was going to try to think of a third <laughs> one, but I couldn't. So, last nine games, player of the year and a player who kind of comes from nowhere, Ben Price. Uh, I think player that comes from nowhere and player of the year is the Mies Joe Rawls. We really had got to ha- see him under Neil Harris. He's had a nightmare with injuries. Mm-hmm. He was just about to come back when this all sort of shitstorm happened. Um, and I think he's him and Will Volks in midfield. Oh, I'm about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. Uh, I'm bit all about that. Yeah, that's a, a few a few tasty tackles going in. And Tom Phillips. I think the one to watch. I think I think Mendes Lang's going to have a huge impact in these last nine games. Mm-hmm. Um, as for player of the year, I don't, I won't disagree with Rawls to be honest. I like kind of like the understated like midfielder. The, he's not exactly a flair player, and people get on his back. And I love, I love like supporting the player like when people get on their back. So yeah, I'll go Rawls. Why not? All right. I think, I think I'll go, I'll go my names. I think player of the season will be Shawnee Morrison. I think he, he came back in and was doing really well before the break happened. And I think the player who comes from nowhere and has a, a big impact, I think, kind of, not coming from nowhere per se, but I think Will Vox will, will kind of step up to the plate over these last nine games and um, maybe get a couple of goals in there and, and show us, because I think he had a, a tough start, but I think he'll show us exactly what he's all about going into these kind of last nine games. He's sort of coming to his own with this club now, isn't he? You sort of look at his performances off on the pitch just before this whole happened, yeah. this all happened. 
And then off the pitch as well, you can see why Rotherham fans absolutely I mean, loved him, right? Yeah. What yeah. a bloke he is. Doing so much. Getting another player involved. Like he's been doing a lot with Sean Morrison in the community. and just He even got Swansea players it. involved. He was driving to Swansea to pick stuff up at some point. It. And that's like, great, isn't it? It is brave driving to Swansea during a pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. All right. Let's skip on to the final bit of the podcast now with Tom Phillips. Tom, do you want to talk us through what you've got for us? Well, I thought I know, I'd know i add a bit of fun to the podcast because we're boring people, if anyone's listening, for the first half hour, 40 minutes or so. So I thought, you know, what, what have you not seen enough of over the lockdown? And I reckon that's quizzes. So this week I thought we'd do play your Cardiff right. Clever pun there. So I'm gonna give you um I'm gonna give you the player's name. I'm gonna give you their number of appearances, and then I'm gonna give you another player's name and you have to go higher or lower. Oh it's quite clever. Yeah, okay. So the the longest sequence you've got is six. So your the plan is you've got to get to the end of it. And I'm gonna see who gets the furthest. All so, right, who's going first? So, oh, well, toss is it Ben or is it Ben? Yeah, Ben or Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Ben James, you go first, but pick A or B. I'll go B because Ben. B. Right, okay. First player up for you is Aaron Wildig. Do you have a guess, first of all? How many appearances do you think he made? 38. No, he made 13 appearances. <laughs> 13? Yeah. <laughs> League oh appearances. So Aaron will dig oh. 13 appearances. Well, he's not going to add another 25 cup appearances, so I think you were a bit off anyway. <laughs> were we including but, substitute appearances in uh, that? Yes, just a, these oh. are appearances. Right, okay. So I started with Aaron Wildig. Simon Lappin, higher or lower? Lower. Lower, you're right, to two. Leon Jan, Carmarthen Town legend. Higher. You're right, 12. 12? As many as 12? I thought like How does he get almost the same amount of appearances as Aaron Wildick? Yeah. I know. That's so weird. Right. I'm going to have to check this afterwards. You get people getting really irate. But yeah. Right. 12. Stephen Bywater. Higher or lower? Oh, this is a tough one. Because he played quite a few games during that loan spell. But I don't know. I can't remember when he signed on loan. I'm going to go higher. Oh, it was lower with eight. Oh, but we'll do the final. Those eight. We'll yeah. do the final two for Didn't you anyway. So on. I would have. You would have then had Ross Turnbull higher or lower than eight. Higher. Lower six. Six. I yeah. thought he, did, he was about ten or eleven. No six. My anyway, God. last one. John Schwinkendorf. Lower. Five. You're right. I thought you won it. Four or five. So how far did you get? You got to Stephen. I got four, I think, didn't I? You got four. Right. Four. Ben. Other go, ben. ben Price. Good luck. Start you off with Matt Smoller-Dali. So what do you reckon? How many games do you reckon he played for a start, just as a star? I don't think he had too many. I'd say 18. 22 is a good guess. But much better than other Ben. <laughs> so, um, so following him, Kelvin Atuhu. Higher or Lower. Lower. Right, 19. It's a good oh. start. Right. Dimmy, 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 Constantopoulos. Higher or lower than 19? Higher. Oh, no, six. Did he? 
Yeah, he's only a brief loan spell, six appearances. Oh, that was the uh, yeah, we just went through so many keepers in that spell. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Stuart Taylor, Dimmy. Right. You would have had next Gailin and Dumboon and Sungo or Dave to his mates. <laughs> Higher or lower than a six? Higher. Yeah, eleven. As many Rob- as eleven. Robbie Fowler, Robbie Fowler next. Eleven eight. Hi- higher. Just yeah. Thirteen. And then to finish off, Fanzi he. I mean, if I have again, 13. 13. Higher or lower than a 13? I know this. Lower. You're right, six. So, Ben James, you take the, the glory this week he in the Battle of the Ben. Right. Fun story about Van Zee. I met him in the grandstand once in Block B and got him to sign a ticket. Um, and he was very impressed with my dad's pen because you pressed it and it extended out to be a bigger pen. And he was more impressed with that than... I don't know, me. <laughs> Sign a ticket. I don't, I don't know where that ticket is. But I also got Gareth Ainsworth to do the same thing at some point during that season. And um, Gareth Ainsworth, I interrupted him eating a massive hot dog to do it. Like, you know, like if you're ever in the grandstand, they used to do these massive hot dogs and he was absolutely going to town on his. Sounds like a euphemism. That's the anecdote we're here for. Yeah, I've got loads of those anecdotes, mate. Danny Hill was oh, buying five... Daddy Hill was buying five Mars bars when I met him in the John Charles suite. Stopped Willie Boland in Summerfield in Dane's Court for an autograph. Casper oh. Schmeichel having a kebab on Caroline Street, all of those. Did you eat Casper Schmeichel having a kebab on Caroline Street? Yeah. Maybe this is, this is something for the next... Maybe we should come up with our most banal <laughs> yeah. Cardiff City anecdote on the next podcast. <laughs> having a piss I, next to Peter Whittingham in Cineworld. Oh, that's the winning one. Ooh, we have to come I, back it to took this, all my strength not to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> it took all my strength. <laughs> you should have just done it, mate. Yeah. Right. That's it for another podcast from View from the Ninian. Tom, Ben, thanks for joining us. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the Ninian with views from the Ninian, not shoes from the Ninian, the view from the Ninian.